for us this evening. Um, so please read along with me, um, whether on the screen or in the Bibles and the pews. We're going to be reading first from Luke chapter 24, verses uh, 45 to 49, and then we'll flip over to Acts. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And then we're going to be reading from Acts chapter 1, uh, verses 4 to 8. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive the power, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will all you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I'm just gonna pray for Mark as he comes up to share with us tonight. Father, thank you that you, you are so interested in knowing us and speaking to us. Thank you that you speak to us through your word and that, um, yeah, we can be ready to hear from you tonight through what Mark is going to say to us. So bless him as he speaks and help us to be ready to hear what you have to say to us. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Harry. Cheers. Uh, welcome. Great to see you this evening. Can you hear me okay? Excellent. Fantastic. I'm going to embarrass a couple of uh, great women in our uh, church community who uh, one turned 30 yesterday and there's another one that's turning 30 this week so Christine Flavelle and Janine McKenzie are both here have got their birthdays so we'll put our hands together for those guys <laughs> they will not be liking me for doing that but that we love uh, you ladies and it's great to be able to celebrate with you as a church family so we are uh, yeah one thing about, uh, once you turn 40, we won't do that, okay, Christine and Janine? We won't say anything. My wife's not far away from that, which is not true. <laughs> she's, she's a few years away, I just stir her up. All right, well, it's uh, great to see you tonight. Uh, as, uh, as Harry mentioned, I'm Mark. I'm part of the ministry team at, uh, here at Q, and I also manage the Q student residence, uh, which, which is great. And we are in a series at the moment. Uh, we're in week three. Uh, if you are here for the first time, we welcome you. Uh, great you can be a part of uh, what God is doing. In, uh, through uh, this church community and part of this series. If you're uh, online, it's great to, to be able to uh, be in your homes uh, as well. Uh, this series is called Spirit, the Life of God in Us. Um, the last few weeks, uh, Nick has, uh, has been sharing, and it's been good. I know last week he spoke on the spirit of truth and life. And uh, you may have seen uh, during the week there was something thrown up on the uh, social media channels, a quote from uh, the message. And uh, I love that question. I think it's a good question for us to start with tonight. And we're going to, um, I just want us to just use this question as a, a bit of a platform as, uh, to, to what I'm speaking about tonight, which is the spirit and power. This question that Nick asked last week, 
was great. It says, how do we know something is of the Spirit? It's a great question. It really is a great question. In this age where there's lots of things that can start to be disguised or distract us in certain ways. You know what Nick said last week? It was great. It said it should look, feel and taste like Jesus. He was the most Spirit-filled person to have ever lived. Before we go into some more stuff tonight, I just wanted to uh, mention how encouraged I am. I've been a part of this church now for almost four years and I just love seeing many young adults in uh, different uh, places, if it's over at Rares, if it's serving on the worship team, if it's uh, through the men's ministry, if it's through uh, Red Frogs that I'm also involved with. I just see such a growing appetite for God. I see this hunger and this wonderful openness to see God move, and it encourages me. I know I didn't, I didn't uh, come to faith till sort of 23, 24, and, and I just love seeing 18, 19, 20, actually all ages, but just that you know, so many distractions and so many things that can start to take our attention. But seeing this growing appetite for God is, is good. And I get encouraged when I see uh, some of you guys that are sitting here tonight and, and many that aren't even here as well, just stepping out in faith and doing stuff that I just think, man, that takes some courage and boldness. Uh, during the week, I was there's a, one of our young adults called Rob Holder. I'm not sure if Rob's here tonight. Love Rob's passion for God. He's just got a, such a hunger. And he, he uh, wrote some music, and I, was, I thought I'd have a listen to it. I just know he uh, was really open and just wanted to, just to put it out there. And I just was listening to some of his lyrics that he put uh, on one of his songs. It's on Spotify if you want to check it out. It's, 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 he's creative, and I just love his heart and his passion and his relationship with God's wonderful. He says these words in his song. It says, Jesus, you are inside me. You're before and you're behind me. All the heights and breaths and depths of love you poured out there upon that cross. You're so good. You're so good. I just, I just know Rob's heart and his love for God. I just was so encouraged by his faith and his willingness to step out. So again, I'm going to ask you that question, which we were asked last week. We'll ask again. How do we know if something is of the Spirit? Well, one way is what the Spirit and power is not. It's not this sort of separate thing on the side, some kind of hit or fix that we get. It's not this level that we can get, a higher power or a power or a level of power that we get the longer that we're serving or the less sinning that we do, we get more power. Uh, Often the word power and spirit in the same sentence can sometimes get people a little nervous and maybe a bit apprehensive as potentially we start to think, oh, no, what... What's, what's, are we one of those churches or communities where we start throwing around the word, every second word, power, and start really drumming up our experiences and emotion? But I want to say as a disclaimer tonight, it is a little bit out there. And some of the, the texts that we'll read from Acts and, and the early church and some of the, even if we look at church history, these accounts that we read and draw from in regards to the spirit and power, they are supernatural. C.S. Lewis wrote, uh, do not attempt to water Christianity down. There was no pretense that you can have it with the supernatural left out. So far as I can see, Christianity is precisely the one religion from which the miraculous cannot be separated. You must frankly argue for supernaturalism from the very outset. I love that. I'm not going to be talking about the supernatural specifically. But know some of the examples that we look at. 
about the Spirit, we do see extraordinary power, which are by its very nature supernatural. There's a great book that uh, Tom Black uh, uh, gave to Amy and I've been reading as well. It's from a guy called Tim Chester. And I love what he says about enjoying God and experiencing God. It says that the danger of expecting too little, we try to take the supernatural out of our Christianity. But Christianity is not simply a set of beliefs. It's a dynamic relationship with the living God. The spirit, the breath, the word of God still blows through his people. It may not be accompanied by shaking buildings or violent winds, but the spirit still comes to bring life, power and courage. I'll ask that question again. How do we know if something is of the spirit? God, the Holy Spirit, comes amongst his people. It's God giving us God. So maybe you're going, what is, well, what is it? It cannot be exclusive or limited. It's a great awareness, a greater awareness of God, a greater sense of his presence, of his nearness, of his closeness. It's present, and we witness this in the Bible, not just in the New Testament, but also in the Old Testament. We understand from Scripture the Holy Spirit indwelled and it's selected in the Old Testament. It indwelled, but it's selected a few and was often temporary. We know that the prophets in the Old Testament, you read that, but there's also some texts where they look forward to a time when all of God's people would be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that's in Joel 2, 28 to 29. It says, and afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, it is clear that the spirit permanently indwells all believers. After Jesus' death and resurrection, there's a, there's a change that we see in the early followers, in those early believers. And Paul alludes to this when he writes his letter to the church at, uh, in the Corinthians. Uh, and he reminds the people that God dwells. It says in uh, Corinthians 3, 16, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that, the, that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple. And then it goes on in Ephesians 1, verse 13, and you also were included when Christ, in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. There is an indwelling, a seal for those who believe that accept Jesus and the, and the work of the Holy Spirit we see throughout the Bible. How do we know something is of the Spirit? It does a couple of things. It convinces, it convicts the need for more of God in our life. When the Spirit is active, it convinces and convicts the need for more. As God's people, we grow up in a way. Or you could say that we grow in to the likeness of our saviour Jesus we are indwelled we are marked with a seal and he works in he works on us and, and we start a journey to become whole he gives us 
life. Number two, he gives us life, but he also gives us power. Why? Again, I'll ask that question. The question that I've been asking. What is it? Well, it's why to represent Jesus in the world to bear witness, to be his hands and feet. And how does this happen? Because we're not just indwelled, but we are also empowered by God. He gives us life, not, not just to grow up, but to grow out. He gives us power. We do, what do we do with this power? We, for compassion, for service, uh, through sharing the good news of Christ. This life and power, growing up, growing out, it seems so simple. But one of the biggest challenges that we find, it sometimes requires us to wait on God. It's something we're not great at. The thing is, Jesus gives his early followers notice before his death and resurrection that he's sending his Holy Spirit. You heard the reading tonight from Luke. It seems the spirit and power are close, but the waiting is just not easy. And when we read the end of the Gospels in uh, Luke, and then it continues from Acts 1 and 2, 3 and 4, and it continues this pattern. But again, I want us to just to lean into uh, Luke 24. You heard it already, but it's great to revisit this. It says in Luke 24, 49, it says, I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. He's just waiting. And then it goes into Acts 1. His followers in the early church are scared. Yes, Jesus has uh, appeared to them, and uh, they're fearful. They're under resource. The risen Christ appears, and he breathes on them and tells them to wait for this gift of the Holy Spirit. It will be in a few days. Jesus says a few days, and seven weeks later, he appears. That's waiting at the day of Pentecost. These guys would have been so happy and keen to see God do something after waiting so long, and the Holy Spirit turns up in power. This is one powerful moment. If you get a chance to read it yourself, from Acts 1 to 4, it's just awesome. It really is. It's incredible, and the powerful moments that these uh, disciples experience through Christ. There was a, a section in uh, Acts 4, which I love as well, where the disciples face another crisis. They are straight up told that they must stop doing what they're doing. They've just seen 5,000 people come to faith, and that's not including women and children. Uh, they, these the, these People are believing left, right and centre, but the Jewish High Council, the people at the time, the rulers, they're annoyed and they say these words. They say, by what power or in whose name have you done this? They recognise there's power. They recognise something on these guys. There's something going on this squad of Christ followers. This wasn't the way the disciples or Jesus followers were behaving, but there's something different. They're living different and they're empowered and they get filled by supernaturally by the, by the Spirit and the power. They were transformed and empowered. But there's a waiting, there's a seeking, and then there's a stepping out. So this feeling, this empowerment, as Paul also addresses in Ephesians 5. And he says, Paul says this to the church at Ephesus, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. 
Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Filled with the Spirit. Keep on being filled. It's a continual thing. It's present tense. It's for the whole Christian community. It's not just for the elite few or for those who are back in uh, the uh, early church uh, it's, or those in paid ministry. It's for the whole Christian community. And we continue to see this in Acts. We see this amazing um, narrative of being filled. It's, you see this in Acts 4 uh, with Peter. And Peter says, it says, sorry, Peter doesn't say, someone else says about Peter, then Peter quite interesting. These were just observations that people had. No one actually uh, says uh, these words, but observations. It says, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people. Acts 4, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Acts 6, now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Acts 7, but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing in the right hand of God. You're getting my picture. Barnabas was full of the Holy Spirit and faith and a large company was added to the Lord. Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at Alamus and said, no technique or formula to recite, but there are a few keys, there's a few things that we can draw from the word to cultivate this keep on being filled. thing is we leak. We get discouraged. We get distracted. We get disorientated. We try to take the reins of our own lives. We try to take control. We try to take the power. So for you tonight, you might be sitting there going, okay, well, what do I do? I, yes, I get this. It's about being filled. But a, a great way to start is, and we see this uh, advice, this message from Jesus in Acts 11. And he's he's speaking to his disciples and he's speaking to us. He says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, you'll give him a snake instead? If you then Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God loves to give the Spirit and power to those who ask. And when we ask sometimes, we do have to wait. But often, we have to also step out in this power. Uh, recently, oh, not recently, this was 10 years ago actually, um, so it wasn't that long, it was a while ago, but I was uh, away uh, overseas and I had to hire a car because I was going to the, to the US uh, in a role with, my, with Red Frogs and I was helping those guys over there get some things started at some of the unis over in um, San Diego. So I flew into, into LA and I was having to hire a car and it was simple, I was just hiring the cheapest car I possibly uh, could get from LA to San Diego. It's probably like going from Melbourne to Geelong. 
a little, maybe a little bit further, but around that uh, distance. So it was a pretty simple little drive, and I was, uh, yep, I'm not a car guy, so I was just like, cheapest car, happy with it, with something simple. So I ordered it, hop off the flight, pretty exhausted, go to the counter of the hire car place. And the guy recognises that I'm Australian, and he just thinks my accent's awesome, and he just wants me to keep talking to him, but I was just wanting to, to go um, and hop in this car and sort of start heading um, where I needed to go. And he was like, oh, mate, I'll look after you, I'll look after you. And I'm like, no, I just, just, I'm happy just with the car, uh, just this price. He goes, no, no, I'll look after you, same price, but here you go. Gave me this set of keys. And I said goodbye to him, and he was loving, loving the accent. And uh, as I walked to the car park, I looked at the number, and I'm like, oh, no, surely not. He's, he's given me a red Mustang, which is like a hotted up, sports car and I am like I, I love sport but I'm not a car guy like I'm just not into cars you know I my first car was a Hyundai XL uh, Amy would say that uh, you know, she's a better driver than me which you know a few people would agree I have uh, punctured a few tires on curbs um, even recently I borrowed Tom's car and had to have a chat to him because I think I uh, yeah ran over a curb and uh, I had a few challenges even this afternoon Sheila and I was uh, she had to help me get out of a little bit of a corner that I was stuck in when I was picked Sheila up so it happens um, so I, I just wanted like a maybe a Toyota Corolla or something like that um, just something simple but I've got this Mustang and I looked at this car and I knew how much power this car had and I realised as well, I've got to drive on the other side of the road too because it was a different side of the road and I, I was like, I'm, I can't do this. I started walking back to give the keys back just to get the smallest, safest, less powerful car I could possibly get. So I go and uh, realise halfway that that's not a good idea. This is a great opportunity and I just <laughs> need to... So I get in the Mustang, I drive around the car park for a while just to get used to the power and everything and also the right side of the road. Um, I get out of the high car place and I'm just like, I've just got to do this. Uh, and I, within a K, I'm on a highway. And, and if you know the highways in LA, there is like eight lanes, there is bypasses and bridges and all kinds of stuff happening. And I am in the slow, in the f slow lane in a Mustang. And I've got old guys, um, ladies and with families in minivans overtaking me, hanging out the car, beeping the horn, trying to get me to go faster. I couldn't. But I just, I, in this moment, I just said, you know what? I just need to start to put my foot down a little bit harder. And as I got more confident, I started then to get across to another lane and another lane. And it did take me maybe a whole week to be able to, to work it out. But, but back going back home from San Diego back to LA, don't worry, by then I was in the fast lane and I'd started to know how to use that power. That story, uh, you know, I, I tell that for a reason. Because uh, often... You know, we don't feel that we have any power. But sometimes we just need to actually press the accelerator. Sometimes we actually need to step out in faith. Expect God to work uh, in what he says he can do. Maybe take a risk. What does that look like for you in your life? There's a couple of things we want to uh, finish with tonight. Uh, firstly, I think a great thing that we can take home uh, when it comes to spirit and, and power Sometimes we just need to actually thank God, show gratitude for his power and his spirit because he's closer than we think. Number 
to. We need to welcome his presence and ask him to fill every part of our life. And just as I use that story with the red Mustang, sometimes we just need to rely on his power. He's given us power. Maybe we need to take a risk. What does that look like for you in your life? What does that look like in your friendship group? What does it actually look like for you to take a risk? I encourage you in that. And in that, ask him. Ask him what he wants you to do. We heard, we've read that tonight. Just ask him. He's your father in heaven. Ask him. Walk with him. Talk with him. Chat with him. Allow him to lead you by spirit and power. Press the accelerator. Take the risk. Whatever it looks like. This is all a bit new and a little bit scary. Again, I experienced that even when I was driving that that car. Sometimes when we have to step out in faith, sometimes when we are faced with situations, I encourage you to even grab someone, a friend, someone you can trust and chat about it, pray about it. Or even for you, it might be just to talk to God. Ask Him. Again, ask Him to empower you. That He wants you to grow up. He wants you to grow out. Let's pray. Invite the team to come up as well. Our Father God, we just uh, thank you for your word tonight. We thank you that you are a God that uh, just has such an incredible way. And we just thank you as we read your scripture, Lord, that you are a father who just loves to give your children gifts. And at times where we feel that we're, we're maybe stuck or we're, we're in a situation where we don't know what to do, God, that we can ask, that we can ask for you to fill us. And we do that again tonight. We thank you for your presence. Let us be, become more aware of you, God. We want to be your representatives. We want to be your hands and feet. We want to be your ambassadors uh, in the world, Lord. So we need your help. So fill us afresh tonight. Give us courage. Give us boldness, Lord. Allow us to step out. Allow us to be filled. Father God, we just thank you, even for what it says in the Nicene Creed. It says we believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Spirit. Lord, you are the giver of life and you are the giver of power and we thank you for that tonight. Let us become more acutely aware of your presence in our life and we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, team.